people business bind infertility truly. I think it's even started in women in their teenage years with birth control. Mm. Like women put on birth control at a super young age, their their cycles are completely disrupted. Their brains are shut down. Their hormones are shut down. They're kept on this birth control for a decade. And then they're, they, they come off of it in their late 20s when they get married, they want to start talking about a family. And then all of a sudden, their cycle is nowhere to be found. They can't get pregnant. They don't have regular periods. They have migraines, you know, all of these issues. And I really feel like it's this generated business model, really from a young age, women are just thrown right into the system, right into this model, because I'm not seeing these problems with women who have not been on the pill. If you're a health coach or practitioner, I have a question for you. How much time do you spend ordering functional lab tests for your patients? You see, ordering from multiple lab companies for your patients can quickly turn into hours of admin time. But there's a new way to order lab tests. Rupa Health is an amazing tool that lets you order from over 30 specialty labs in a single portal. Imagine you're ordering a hormone panel for a patient that includes tests from three different labs. You'd have to log into three different websites to place separate orders and come back weeks later to track down the results. Rupa eliminates all of that by handling all ordering, tracking, and results in a single place and so much more. The best part about Rupa, it's free for practitioners. Just go to rupahealth.com, that's R-U-P-A health.com to join a live demo or sign up to see how it works for free. Welcome back to the Ancient Health Podcast, where we educate you on real health solutions that will help transform the way you live, feel, and overcome disease naturally. I'm your host, Courtney Bursage, along with Dr. Josh Axe and Dr. Chris Motley. We're so happy you've joined us. Let's dive into today's episode. Hey guys, welcome back. Thanks for joining us. You're listening to the Ancient Health Podcast. My name is Courtney and I've got my co-host, Dr. Chris Motley in the house. Always love it. And I also have my real life best friend. And so I know we're going to have a really good time today because it's a Friday and I have my two besties on and they're also like the smartest people that I know. So you're going to learn something. <laughs> All right, guys, we have Dr. Natalie Underberg and she's a functional med doc. She's also a doctor of chiropractic. If you are on social, you know her as the PCOS doc and She's blonde, beautiful. She's so smart. And she is helping women in so many ways recover their hormones, improve their fertility and their health outcomes specific to PCOS and beyond. So buckle up, guys. We're about to just run through some stuff that is, I know, going to leave you with some practical handles, some tangible things to work with. And uh, yeah, we're just we're gonna have a good time. But welcome. That's a, hey, that's a new thing. The buckle Thank up, you. guys. Look, that's hey. I think we started it here. I'm serious. We gotta like, start buckling like up. Up. Go. Yeah. Well, well for it. everybody that can't see that, if you're not watching on YouTube, you know they're giving the whole visual. So this is a whole theatrical experience. We just <laughs> have to watch it. Buckle on up. That's that's our new thing. <laughs> I'm gonna put that. Up. We gotta put that on all of our uh, Instagram and say it's our new thing. Like hashtag buckle up or something. Is that I don't know. Well, we can okay. make it, we could try and make it a thing. If it doesn't take off, we'll just go back to the drawing board. We'll start over. Yeah. I'm not going to worry about it. Yeah. Let, let's go. This is great. Great. It's great to see you, doc. It's good to see you. And yeah. You thank you guys for having PCOS. me. Yes. Mm. Let's do it. Yeah. You're the only one not wearing pink right now, Dr. Motley. I know. I think we need well, to change. You we don't see my this. pants right now. My pants are completely pink. <laughs> And, okay, we got to edit that out. Okay, that whole part. We don't. We're not doing it. This is a non-edited episode, so we're oh, just no, no, we're no, gonna no, roll no. with the punches. So anything you say is going out there to to the oh people. Oh my gosh! Oh right, my today gosh! Today was like pink polka dot day, but you know it's somewhere on my body. All right. Okay, edit that one out too. Okay, you're so. poor editor. They're like clip. Okay. <laughs> Well, you know going to look at it and go, yeah, I don't think this is good. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Oh my, oh my gosh, guys, here we are. We're doing, we're doing great. So I'm so glad that you've joined us today. And like I said, Dr. Natalie is, has so much experience and she's really helping women change their outcome of their health, especially when it comes to their hormones. And like how many of you are dealing with hormonal imbalances, you know, whether it's something that is related to fertility, or maybe it's just something that you're experiencing in, as far as symptoms, maybe with just like your monthly cycle. And it's just really frustrating or something that maybe you've had conflicting information about. So 
we're going to really dive into where we're at right now, because I actually want to start with the fertility piece, because I know this is something that Dr. Natalie has, is actively teaching people and she's got courses about this. We're going to talk about all that later, but maybe you can kick us off here by bringing us up to speed on where we're at with fertility. Like, what are you seeing in your practice? That's very alarming or that are patterns that, you know, maybe somebody might just feel like, Hey, I'm not left out. I'm, I am one of so many that are experiencing these same things. Yeah, it's pretty wild. What we're dealing with right now is this wave of air quote infertility coming through where women are being diagnosed with infertility. They don't truly have it, but what it is, is they're really being failed by the system because no one's truly doing a deep dive and investigating why they can't actually get pregnant. And we know currently we live in such a toxic world. I mean, the food we eat, the air we breathe, the water we drink, everything across the board is exposing women to toxins. So that is a huge piece of it. But then the other piece of the puzzle is there's no model set up for women in their preconception phase right now that's there to support them from a holistic approach. Mm. So they're really being told, hey, you have infertility. Your next stop is IVF. Here's your referral to a fertility clinic. And they haven't even talked about the basics. They haven't even covered the menstrual cycle. They haven't even explained to women what their fertile signs are, how to look out for their fertile window in their cycle, how to time conception. Like there's, there's all these issues that I'm just seeing come to a surface right now, mm-hmm. uh, which has kind of like led me in this new direction in my career of just really educating women on preconception care. But I think the biggest thing even to take a step back is, and you know, it's kind of a, a deep dive, but the, I think that there's a whole business behind infertility. Truly. I think it's even started in women in their teenage years with birth control, mm. like women put on birth control at a super young age, their, Mm. their cycles are completely disrupted. Their brains are shut down. Their hormones are shut down. They're kept on this birth control for a decade. And then they're, they they come off of it in their late twenties when they get married, they want to start talking about a family. And then all of a sudden their cycle is nowhere to be found. They can't get pregnant. They don't have regular periods. They have migraines, you know, all of these issues. And I really feel like it's this generated business model, really from a young age, women are just thrown right into the system, right into this model, because I'm not seeing these problems with women who have not been on the pill. We don't have any clear research because a, why would pharmaceutical companies spend millions of dollars on research to prove that their medications are causing infertility? Like why would they do that? Right? So we don't have any clear research to point us in that direction, but that is what I'm seeing is it's pretty evident. You know, I'm making these connections of these clients of mine who've never been on birth control, they don't have the same issues as the women who have. Mm. So it's just pretty crazy to see these connections that I've made over the last few years and, and, and really asking myself consistently on a daily basis, why these questions aren't being asked and why these diagnoses of infertility are not being investigated. Mm. So that's kind of a big, a big place where I'm at right now. <laughs> Does, I was going to say when you, when a, when a lady's on birth control, mm-hmm. does, I guess, the normal, um, I guess, routine of going to, you know, a gynecologist or a fertility mm-hmm. doc, do they ever like ask them how long they've been on birth control? Or do you find like, you know, they've been on birth control for this many years? Does it ca- ta- take this, you know, this type of nutrition or such to get them out of the side effects of it? Do they ever go through that? No, there's no really informed care right now or informed consent with birth control in women. Most women are are handed a pill and they really have no idea the side effects of like strokes, pulmonary embolisms, infertility, all the things that kind of can come along with it. They just are told, hey, you have some painful periods. Here's a pill. It's going to make things better. And they're not taught about how the pill actually impacts the brain, how it can change the brain, how it can lead to increased rates of depression. I mean, there's all these things that go into it that women are just not told and not informed about. So they really truthfully can't make that informed decision because they haven't been given the information. And 10 years ago, this information wasn't readily available. Now it it is more so. It's easier to come by. Yeah, that's not being talked about. The nutrition piece is not being talked about. And that's really unfortunate. Now, are some of the typical diagnosis, like the things that you're seeing for a lot of women. So they'll say Mm -hmm. like, well, I just have endometriosis and I have fibroids Mm -hmm. and I have PCOS, all of these different things. Are you seeing Mm -hmm. a lot of women coming off the pill? And then as they, as their hormones kind of start to do their thing, now all of a sudden you've got like these really bumpy cycles. And then all of a sudden they go into their provider and they're like, 
I, I'm, I'm experiencing all these different symptoms. They're like, well, you've got endometriosis or you've got this. And they're almost blaming that as, as kind of the reason for irregular cycles or infertility. Like where, where does that fall? Because I do see a lot of women that feel like, well, the infertility is just the byproduct of this particular diagnosis. And so mm-hmm. then they're just like, well, that's just what I have. And so I have to look mm-hmm. at other treatments as opposed to looking at it as saying, that's an imbalance. That's a symptom, mm-hmm. a byproduct of the dysfunction that was created by the birth control and so many things prior. It was like a setup, you know, totally. for all of this. So like, where does that fit in? And how do you talk to women that probably come to you saying, I've been told I have X, Y, and Z, and mm-hmm. I'm infertile on top of that. And I'm stressed mm-hmm. out because I want to start a family and the mm-hmm. clock's ticking and I don't know what to do. Yeah. I mean, the first thought that comes to mind is just unpacking the layers and starting to like almost peel the onion and figure out where things started. So this is where I like to get a really like clear timeline of when I'm talking to my clients, a clear timeline of, of their life from birth until, until now and where this, where their problems started, were their problems present before the pill? Were their Mm -hmm. problems present after when did they start? But also the birth control is this great masker. It can mask so many issues. So a lot of times women do have these issues. And when they get off the pill, then they're noticing that all of these symptoms are starting to arrive that they didn't know existed. So they think that they're new diagnoses that they're getting. But really the birth control was just masking a lot of these issues because it was shutting down hormone function and shutting down our normal reproductive rhythm. So I do feel like it can kind of go both ways. It can be that they've had these diagnoses or these conditions beforehand, and it can be they had them or developed them after as a byproduct of the pill. But ultimately, what I try to explain to people is we need to get down to the root of why all this is happening in the first place. We need to figure out where the dysfunction in the system is coming from and get to the bottom of that. Like, it was there a traumatic event in your teen years, your childhood? Were you in a car accident? Did you go through, you know, a traumatic situation in your family? You know, where did all this start to manifest? And did your tissue start to manifest manifest this trauma when you were really young? And it's just compounded over time. So that could be a big part of it too, is like the emotional piece, Mm -hmm. um, which is totally neglected in the conventional model. Like never when you go in for your birth control prescription is your doctor like, hey, did you experience any childhood trauma that could have led to these symptoms right now? (laughs) Like that probably doesn't happen. That's a big piece of it. I don't know if I answered your question well, but that's kind of where my brain went is like, let's peel the onion and figure out where all this came from. Well, I think it's important, like what you just said there, because there's probably a lot of people that are not connecting that emotional piece to their hormones because we're just going through life and we're adapting and our body's doing what it needs to, to position us to survive every single day. But what we don't realize is just because we're not feeling the pain of something that Mm -hmm. we experienced a decade before, it doesn't mean that it doesn't have relevance to our tissues and our body right Mm -hmm. now. And so addressing that is such an important piece. You cannot overlook just because it is not a fire that is actively burning in your life. Doesn't mean that it is not still impacting your body in some way. So I I love that you said that. Now, you also said something else too that I want to bring to light, which was addressing certain components of somebody's health when it comes to healing. So I imagine something like nutrition and Mm -hmm. nutrient depletion and things like that all have a place. So what are those foundational components that somebody that has hormonal balance, you would say like, these are the non-negotiables. We have to place emphasis on them in order to get your body in a healing state. Totally. So nutrition, obviously food is medicine, right? We have to get back to the basics with with nutrition. I always tell people like as close to paleo as you can, like if it came from an animal, came from the ground, like let's stick to that. Let's get back to like the grassroots basics and fuel your body with what it's meant to be fed and what it's created to be fed. We're, we're exposed to so many artificial ingredients and processed foods that our bodies almost don't even know how to respond to that. And how to use those, those nutrients for nourishment because they're, they're like synthetic nutrients. So that's a huge part of it. And and that's something I teach all of my patients is we have to cover the basics. We have to cover the foundations, sleep, sleep, getting into a healthy sleep rhythm, exposing your body to natural light in the morning. I mean, most people are not exposing their eyes to natural light almost throughout the entire day. Like they're going straight from bed to their cell phone, to their computer, to the car, straight to their office. So there's no natural light um, patterns or sleep-wake cycles in most people, which 
our, our circadian rhythm can impact, impact our reproductive rhythm. So if we're not exposing our eyes to natural light, that can actually directly impact our hormones, our reproductive rhythm. And so that's a huge piece that I do educate on too, is like, let's get back to what our ancestors did. Let's expose ourselves to light. Let's go to bed with the sun. When the sun goes down, let's put our devices down. Um, so that's a huge piece of it. And then obviously breaking down these mineral and nutrient imbalances that a lot of women have because our soil is so void of, of minerals and nutrients. Our food is so depleted of minerals and nutrients. So, so many women are coming in and they're just completely depleted. And then most people are under a crazy amount of stress. And I think stress is like the biggest piece that I am seeing that's completely unmanaged and women come in and they're 10 out of 10 stressed. And they're like, I don't know why I'm not getting pregnant, or I don't know why, you know, my PCOS is not under control, or I don't know why I'm having, you know, an endometriosis flare. And it's like, if we cannot get your stress under control, if your nervous system is completely dysregulated, Mm -hmm. that is going to cause so many downstream issues. So depending on the case, that might even be the very first thing we work on. And it's sometimes the most frustrating thing because people are like, I don't want you to tell me I'm stressed. (laughs) You know, I don't want to have to work on that. But if that's not taken care of, it's really hard to, you know, get digestion and control to get our body to actually absorb the nutrients that we're eating, you know, because if we're in a over like a sympathetic overdrive or a highly Mm. stressed state, we're not going to absorb our nutrients. We're not going to sleep well. And then all the dominoes kind of fall after that. So that's where like in peeling the onion, I have to figure out what is at the root of this problem specifically mm. that's sitting in front of me. And so I think that's a really big piece of it. We're talking about sympathetic overdrive. Mm-hmm. Is there a correlation doc with if a person out there is listening said, I am completely in sympathetic, which would mean like in fight or yeah. flight freeze, like I'm always pushing it. I'm in type yes. A personality when I'm really like a relaxed kind of person mm-hmm. with infertility. Like if they're pushing hard, I've heard there's like a correlation that says, let, let's say I'm working really hard and I'm not speaking as a woman. I'm just saying like the, yeah. you know, the mindset, like I got to I got to push forward yeah. that way. I have to have more energy. Is there a correlation? Like I got to eat more refined sugars, more carbs, because I have to keep enough energy going. And when you put, add that with cortisol output, you mm-hmm. could, is there a possibility that you could take the excess sugars, turn them into triglycerides and then higher cholesterol. And then I think like, like liver has to be involved with that with like sex hormones so is there like a correlation like heightened cortisol heightened insulin and like when we live in this fast-paced world to infertility absolutely yeah i mean you brought up such a good piece the cortisol piece with hormones and the liver i mean it's so connected when we have elevated cortisol cortisol our body is instantly going into what you mentioned like that the fight flight or freeze and then we're also storing fat rapidly We're also, Mm -hmm. it's going to cue our brain to cue our body to crave more sugars, more quick carbs, things that are going to give our body quick fuel because we're burning through those nutrients so quickly. And Mm -hmm. it is taxing our liver because it is increasing triglycerides and it is increasing inflammatory cytokines in the body and just really depleting us and taking us down this really inflammatory road and inflammatory cycle that is kind of a vicious cycle to get out of. And inflammation drives insulin resistance and vice versa. And insulin resistance is probably, you know, one of the most common things I see among my, you know, patient population and about 70% of the population is walking around with insulin resistance. Wow. And and what's driving that, right? And it's usually inflammation and there's so many underlying causes of inflammation, inflammation as we know, but stagnant liver is a huge one, right? Mm. Like we're just exposed to so many toxins. Our liver is overburdened. Our liver is harboring so much stress and we're not caring for our liver. We're not eating, you know, enough, um, foods, rich in antioxidants and glutathione and things like that, that are allowing our body to produce the nutrients that it needs to actually repair and recover at a fast enough rate. So I think that's a big part of it, but feel free. I would love to know, you know, your thoughts on that too. And what you've seen, because I'm very curious. From my own perspective, I think it's great when you can like add in like hormones and like look into like liver toxicities. Yeah. Because I love talking with people like you and talking with Courtney about like hormones. And I, and I truly say this seriously. It's like, because when you, the large majority of my patients are, are women. And so mm-hmm. when you, you can never ever say that you know what a, a woman feels like when they have these types of emotional fatigues from like being infertile, mm-hmm. but it's like, mm-hmm. it, like in Chinese medicine world, like you will look at their triple warmer meridian, but basically mm-hmm. what that means is 
that you have three gates and the three gates are usually what they would say your digestion or around your adrenals, mm -hmm. your ovaries for reproduction mm -hmm. and up the upper burners, usually like your thyroid and your heart. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of, it's really cool. Like you could have, you know, doc, like infections or you could have trauma yes. that could be set in stone. Like the program from a long time ago could be set into the tissue of the organ. And so totally. the brain is like kind of programmed with that, you know, infection. So Mm -hmm. At times, you know, like we'll look in, I'll look into a patient and like these points on their wrist will be always really tender and they go, oh my goodness, I always have carpal tunnel syndrome. Mm -hmm. My elbows really hurt all the time. The upper back here, it breaks out and those are all fire elements. And I'm like, mm -hmm. well, it could be SIBO causing the breakout or yeah. you're not trying to sound smart. You're just like, what would drain your heart and your mm -hmm. ovaries of complete energy? And the crazy mm -hmm. thing is like, like the kidneys in Chinese medicine will really feed up into the heart. Like, so if you, mm -hmm. if you have enough grounding effect of your kidneys, mm -hmm. it'll go into the heart. And so sometimes with infertility, what I, what I have found for me, like if I check their UTIs, hidden mm -hmm. UTIs, you ever find out if I check and they're like, Oh, I've had UTIs and I've yep. had them since I was born. I've been on, I've been on antibiotics since this. And I was like, yep, that's one big aspect. I mean, but those are some of the things I find. But I, I again, like I love hearing you guys talk because, like, I, I mean, I love to get the perspective when you hear it from a woman's woman's point of view. But over the years, I find kidneys have a lot to do with it too. So yeah, um, I went on the whole soapbox. Go ahead, Doc. I'm sorry to interrupt. No, well, I mean, you kind of. Uh, I was kind of doing a whole thought process as you were talking about fear and infertility. And I mean, where do we store? Where do we harbor that emotion of fear? It's the kidneys, right? In Chinese medicine. Mm -hmm. Yep. So, so a lot of women have this like spiritual root of infertility that is driven by fear, fear of yeah. not being good enough, fear of not being a mom, fear of not being ready, fear of not being secure, fear of not being stable. And that is driving a lot of their issues. And I see a lot of those clients coming in with bladder issues or kidney issues or frequent symptoms of UTIs. Like it's not a full-blown UTI, but they might have pain with urination um, and just like that early onset signs of a UTI. So it's really interesting that you're mentioning that because I've actually been talking a lot this week about the the core emotion behind a lot of infertility cases mm. being fear or unworthiness, things like that. So it's pretty it's pretty wild that you went down the kidney rabbit hole because that's what I've been talking about. <laughs> I need to know. I'm writing notes about this because that's what I need to do. Keep checking. Sorry. Go ahead, guys. I'm just making no, sure. No, you're this is so good. I think that you're hitting on something too because that fear just is going to perpetuate more mm -hmm. insecurity. Like, right, when you start down, especially, I mean, maybe this is just me, but you know, <laughs> you start think it, it's like one little seed in your mind and then mm -hmm. it just, it starts to create doubts in other places. So mm -hmm. if you go two, three months and you're like, okay, I was like really hoping I'd be pregnant. And all of a sudden, like two or three mm -hmm. months goes by, you're like, oh my goodness, I'm never going to have kids. Like I'm so stressed mm -hmm. out. And so then that stress and anxiety now just amplifies even mm -hmm. more because you're pretty much in your mind you're feeding the thoughts of infertility, which your body is subconsciously responding to. So yeah. what is it that you have recommended or you've seen, if you've recommended this to your patients that you could like just help somebody like the average woman that's like, mm -hmm. I, my hormones are a wreck. Maybe mm -hmm. I'm experiencing infertility. Maybe I, I, that's my desire and it hasn't happened for me yet. But like, you're hanging on by a thread. Like, it's just, mm -hmm. I need something I can do that will just take my stress from a 10 to like a nine or an 8.5. Like what is a practical, you know, anything strategy practice, something like that, that might help just start to move the needle a little bit. Because when you are in that really heightened place of mm -hmm. stress and feeling overwhelmed, it's really hard to gain ground because you don't have a lot of capacity. Yeah. I think the, the, problem I'm seeing with this is that women are in these situations, they are wanting an immense amount of control and mm -hmm. they are shifting into a very masculine type energy, trying to maintain this control of their environment and of their situation. Oh, and they're wow. trying so hard that they're actually getting into this place where they're forcing their body to, to, function on a level that it's not really created a function on. And they really actually need to relinquish a little bit of that control, tap more into their feminine and then set really healthy boundaries. I mean, that's, that's a really big part of it. 
And then taking things off their plate. You know, a lot of women are just, we want to take on so much. We want to do so much. Mm -hmm. And I think it's constantly because women almost feel like they have something to prove like all the time. We have to prove something. And so a relinquishing a little bit of emotional control and relinquishing control in your situation and environment. And that's where faith comes in. And that's what I teach for a lot of people is like having more faith and trying to have a little bit less control is going to allow you to be and lean more and more into that feminine side, that feminine energy, which is where your body is going to thrive and start activating and, and reproducing and doing things that our feminine bodies are supposed to do. But that is really hard in our modern world when women are like the CEOs and they're working all the time and they have all these roles um, yes. to kind of shift them out of that. So I would say like, if you're listening and you're in this state, I just talked to someone yesterday, actually, she's a very high performer. Um, uh, you know, she's in the real estate business. She's very successful. And I'm like, what is your level of stress? You know, 10 out of 10, she said. So I'm like, we're going to need to get that down to like at least a seven. So what can you delegate and what can you take off your plate? Because you're not going to have a normal cycle if you're a 10 out of 10 stress and you're not going to get pregnant at a 10 out of 10 stress. And even if you did, is that a healthy environment to grow a baby, right? Is that a healthy Mm -hmm. environment to bring in a new child into this world, right? In In a heightened cortisol state, in a sympathetic state where your body is just on overdrive. That's where I kind of go into the more the lifestyle piece of what can we do right now tangibly to take things off your plate, set healthier boundaries, reduce your stress so that your body can relax, shift into its feminine state and its feminine nature. And then your body will feel comfortable doing the things that it's meant to do. So I think that's a big piece. When you talk about like having them, I don't say realize, but maybe it comes to the surface. Like, mm-hmm. okay, is your body ready to have a baby? Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times in healthcare, do you guys see this too? Like we work with individuals and they think, oh yeah, my body may not be ready to have a baby. And yeah. I think it's like, oh, the light bulb came on. But I, I always think your body intuitively, subconsciously knew that mm-hmm. it was not ready for a baby. Mm-hmm. It finally had to come to the top of the water, the surface of the water to find that your conscious mind would be like, yeah, I was not ready for a baby mm-hmm. at this moment because of all the stress. We're doing a, a podcast. I'm doing like on, uh, I was talking to Courtney today about like German new medicine. Mm-hmm. And they say that like the, the, the gallbladder and the liver, we talk about high drivers. They say that if, you're, if your liver and your gallbladder are usually like, let's say stressed, mm-hmm. that if somebody controlled you, like people say, mm-hmm. they're going to control me. My life has to be controlled. If somebody controlled you to the point where your identity was taken away, mm-hmm. like my identity is found in basically the expectation of others, they took it mm-hmm. away from me. Mm-hmm. They say that that will back up and injure the gallbladder and liver. I can get some of this, you know, like into like the, yeah. the nerd talk about it. But Love I always it. thought it was kind of interesting. If somebody controlled you and said, you know, like with our culture today, like with women, mm-hmm. does that mean, I was thinking the wood element, the, the liver and the gallbladder, methylation, detoxification, mm-hmm. rebuilding, RNA, mm-hmm. DNA synthesis builds the heart and the fire element. It makes your mm-hmm. heart and your ovaries and all those things thrive. So I'm going too far in this, but if you had control, does that make your liver and gallbladder go and then your fire element goes, it goes really low. So if you're controlled, yeah. you're not going to have a lot of fire on your, on your ovaries. I mean, you're not going to want to yeah. produce children. I yeah. just went that whole rabbit trail, but I, that is a good thought in my head, but I'm like, that's, that's, no, that's great about being point. controlled. Yeah. Yeah. No. And that's a great point too, that you um, segued actually into is something that I'm seeing is that in the conventional fertility model, we're talking about conventional fertility, when you go to fertility specialists or whatever, and I, I talk about this a lot in my programs is that the control is taken away from women with the mm-hmm. second they step into that that model and not that they need to be in control, but they need to have a say they need to be in control of their bodies. They don't need to be in control of everything, but the control is completely taken away when they're told this is when you need to time intercourse. This is the medication that you need to take. This is what you're going to do. Then this is when you're going to come back. It doesn't work when I'm going to do it again in 30 days. And they're like turned into a machine. This like baby making machine. And like Mm. the physiology and the natural biology is all taken out of it. And it's become this like assisted reproductive technology, you know, system where women are just a variable in the situation and they have no control of what Mm -hmm. they're doing, no education behind what they're doing, no explanation. 
And I think that is why the outcomes of that model only 25% of the time is that successful when someone goes through assisted reproductive technology, only 25% of the time. So if we look at that and we see why is that the case? Why is that happening? I think control and lack of control to an extreme is actually a big part of that. So kind of the opposite of what I was just talking about, right? Mm. So from a stress piece, too much control is a problem, but also from a fertility piece, not enough control and not enough power coming from the female and from the woman. I think that's a big part of it too. So mm. yeah, yeah, you just got me on a soapbox with that. No, <laughs> this that's is, good. This is opening the door though to a question I'm very curious about because I know that you've had, you've seen a lot of success in the patients you've worked with. Mm -hmm. Do you have a story or a patient it, that you remember where maybe they, they went through that route? It was like, they, mm -hmm. you know, kind of tried like, all right, we were ready to start a family, haven't been able to be successful in that. So then they went kind of the IVF route or, or something, um, mm -hmm. along with a kind of a fertility model, fertility specialist that didn't work. Did you ever see somebody though, that came back and addressed some of these components, these like foundational things. And by changing diet, by addressing stress, by looking at some of these other things, like immediately were able to see their body respond in a way mm -hmm. that is positive and maybe result in pregnancy. Yeah. I would say 99% of our clients who have been that route, which we've worked with dozens and dozens of clients who've gone that route. 99% of them have come to us and within 90 days have gotten pregnant. Nine days. I always tell them first visit, I say, give me three months. And they look at me like I have 10 heads and I'm like, all I need is three months. And they're like, okay. And I'm like, this is what we're going to do. We're going to investigate what's never been investigated. We're going to talk about what's never been talked about. Not going to put you on a bunch of medications. It's not going to happen that way. We're going to get down to the root of what's happening. And I put them on, you know, I, I make recommendations of, of dietary changes they can make, stress modifications that they can make. Um, I put them on, you know, phospholipid support and get them on a quality supplement routine. And all of a sudden, they're having these drastic outcomes. And these are people who've gone through four, five, six rounds of IVF, spent upwards of $100,000 on assisted reproductive technology. And nothing has worked, but also nothing was actually properly investigated. So even basic hormone testing that should be done, you would assume it's being done in fertility clinics. It's simply not being done. So when they come to me and I start incorporating nutrients like NAC and Ocetol, Vitex, things that are, are well-researched to help support and restore anovulatory cycles. And I start putting them on things like that. Their bodies just kind of click into gear and they recognize those nutrients because they're naturally derived. And mm -hmm. it's so much different than trying to get their bodies to do something synthetically. So the body responds so much faster to an herb or a natural vitamin or nutrient than it would a medication. Then that's why I say I really only need 90 days because the body responds so, so quickly to things that it recognizes. Um, and the body is so smart that I always tell people it's trying to do something for you, not to you. So mm -hmm. if you can't get pregnant and you're trying IVF, IUI, you've gone through it over and over and over. It's like the definition of insanity. Nothing is working. It's probably because your body is trying to protect you from something and your body's trying to do something for you. So we need to figure out what that little red flag is, what the warning sign is, why your body's not getting pregnant, and then get to the root of that problem. And then that's when it happens so easily and so naturally, so quickly. Hey, Dr. Axe here. Your journey to optimal health hinges on one powerful tool, tracking glucose. Poor glucose control is associated with a number of chronic conditions, not just diabetes, but also Alzheimer's, heart disease, stroke, and more. Levels helps you see how different foods and activities affect your health by giving you real-time feedback using a continuous glucose monitor. For example, Thanks to Levels, I've detected spikes in my blood sugar when I have more than half a cup of fruit at a time. Uncovering the real-time effects of food on my body and then harnessing the power of Levels personalized recommendations has led me and my family to completely overhaul and upgrade our strategies for eating and living healthier lives. To discover Levels for yourself, go to levels.link slash ancienthealth to get two months free on your membership. I'm not sure how long this offer will last, so be sure to jump on it now. That's L-E-V-E-L-S dot link slash ancienthealth for two months free on your membership.
I'm just saying like if with three months, like mm-hmm. people out there can have hope about this because mm-hmm. like when we take small changes, but they, you know, we think of them as small changes or like when we give nutrients or dense nutrients, like in diet and through uh, even exercises and blood flow, because I think one of the things that in our culture today in the health world is that we always seem to forget in mainstream, which I have a lot of friends that are in mainstream healthcare, is mm-hmm. that we always forget about blood flow. And what I love what you're saying is, is that the things I'm going to give to you is going to increase blood flow. And then when we talk mm-hmm. about like, you know, Ayurvedic or Chinese medicine or, na- or natural mm-hmm. alternative medicine is how can I get enough blood flow and how can I get mm-hmm. enough nutrients to actually help your organs to work? And yeah. And it, it's amazing to me, though. I mean, prescriptions work for some individuals. I've seen people who've taken mm-hmm. prescriptions, but I'm like, people forget that they're blockers, like many of the prescriptions mm-hmm. are blocking something. And I'm like, totally. but we want to inta- we want to investigate and try to like encourage strength or something to an organ. And right. with that doc, okay, so they do a three months program. Mm-hmm. I'm totally interested. So do you, <laughs> when they come in, do you <laughs> that have- says a lot coming from a man. Hey. <laughs> I know. Chris is like, sign me up for your program. Hey, hey. I'm just saying, all right. I'm just picking right? on you. I'm just picking on you. Now, with, with what we're talking about, like when you get them on the programs, do mm-hmm. you have a special type of like hormone test or just like a, mm-hmm. a standard like lab that you run for the, the, the lady or what is the approach you first take with them? Yeah. So the very first visit, we do a really comprehensive history. It's about 60 to 70 minutes. And I kind of start to unpack everything we talked about, traumas, history, accidents, you name it, health history of all kinds, things that they may you know, have in their head about their diagnosis, how they're feeling about it. Sometimes the first visit, I just let them talk about what they've been through so far. And after that visit, we order a really comprehensive panel. We order between like 21 and 22 tests, depending on the person. Everything from a CBC to a metabolic panel, lipid panel, all your basics that should be, they should be basics. And then an in-depth hormone panel. So I think the number one hormone that I see being neglected, um, that's not tested enough is pregnenolone. So mm-hmm. it's our precursor hormone to a lot of our sex hormones. And that is the most common hormone deficiency that I see across the board in infertility clients. Mm-hmm. So if pregnenolone is below a hundred, it's like guaranteed that you're probably going to be dealing with infertility if it's below 50, which I've seen, which is like almost nothing, you're almost guaranteed to be dealing with infertility. And if you can get that up naturally and you can support the body and increase that, which managing stress is a big part of that. But if you can get pregnenolone up, then you now have the resources to produce the other sex hormones like DHEA that are needed to develop follicles and pregnant or progesterone, which is needed to to maintain pregnancy. It's our progestation hormone. So when we don't have enough of those building blocks or those hormones that, that need to be in place for, for pregnancy, that's a big part of the problem. So I like to investigate that just right out of the gate to see our baseline, see what we're working with. And then mm-hmm. by the second visit, we go over all those, those hormones and those deficiencies and what their labs are showing us. Then we start to implement a plan and protocol. And that could be within two or three weeks of their fir- first visit. So it's really like just a little over 60 days. They're typically on our plan when they start to see those, those drastic results. Wow. Mm-hmm. I can, I can speak personally to the <laughs> pregnenolone because Marley exists today because of pregnenolone, but I, I'm not even kidding. I had like eight years because Dr. Natalie will attest to this. Cause I met yep. her before at like you know, before I got pregnant and it was like <laughs> legit, like three months later. And I started pregnenolone and DHEA and I was dosing it like three times a day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, lo and behold, a couple months later, there's, there's Marley. So so. Well, I mean, I will say this though, Court, just, you know, but when did you dose them yourself and you just started taking <laughs> higher amounts of pregnenolone and DHEA I mean- and just sort of went, you know, like, cause everybody out there, I just want you to say, love Courtney. Love that. This is what I'm saying. It's like, you know, now, you know, Courtney, it's like, oh, just take, take about Ten four milligrams, five milligrams yeah. times yes. four times four. <laughs> yes. right? Courtney thinks when it's great, it can be even better if you yeah, yeah. it. I do. More is always better in my book, which, you yes. know, don't, don't ever take, you know, my dosing advice based off of what I do personally. So Courtney if, did 700 <laughs> drops of thiocytin today. It's fine. <laughs> I, I really do. I'm so overboard, but 
it does work. And you know what? I don't remember <laughs> exactly how much I took, but I will tell you that it took me from eight years of zero cycle, completely flat hormones, yeah. absolutely nothing on the board. Like when I tell you I did all of the hormone testing so many times, I was actually even working with a functional med doc at the time. Now, this was years ago. And they were like, we don't understand, like you are menopausal. And then, you know, here yep. I meet all these friends and a couple yep. months later, I, you know, I'm surprised baby number three. So I know, I, I think I met you and you said, I have a Dutch test. Do you want to look at it? And some, something along those lines. And I was like, yeah, and everything was flatlined. And I was like, have you ever checked your pregnant alone? Like that was yeah. my first question. Cause you're like, I haven't had a cycle in eight years. And I was like, wait, what? challenge accepted. <laughs> like yeah. we've got to get to the bottom of this. I didn't intend on, you know, helping you get pregnant, but I guess no, in fact, Natalie was my first call and I was in public by your pregnancy test. And I thought I, I was, I mean, I was about to have a heart attack. Cause it, you know, it's been, it's been a minute since, you know, number two was born. And I was like, there's no way I'm pregnant. Right. She was like, well, there's two lines there. So that's looking pretty favorable. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, I'm not far-sighted or nearsighted, Courtney, but I'm going to go on the... Go on the yeah, it was like, it's got to be a false positive, right? <laughs> that does well, not, it pretty much never happens. I think it's like, when you talk about pregnenolone, it makes me strike up my, my head too about like when you say flatline, because every time I, I think about like basic, uh, you know, chemistry structure, it's mm -hmm. like, we always forget like in medical modern world, it's like, mm -hmm. what are the basic structures? What are the basic things your body needs as a building mm -hmm. block? And I'm like, yep. pregnenolone is a building block. Like you yeah. like cholesterol is a building block. Yep. Pregnenolone is a building block. And you know, one of the biggest things that we're thinking about is like, they say like, um, pregnenolone will be, uh, a lot of your components of pregnenolone can actually be turned into cortisol. That's mm -hmm. what they'll say. And that's stress mm -hmm. hormones before it gets turned into DHEA. So, yeah. I mean, Court may have been having a little more stress in her life for all those years. And that was shunting some of that pregnenolone to the stress hormones. Yeah. I mean, I should probably just keep taking it then. Yeah. <laughs> it's all being made into cortisol <laughs> No, there's no more. There's I'm, I've aged out of, out of that, but I do want to actually, I want to ask this because, you know, that for, for the women, for all the ladies that are you know, really wanting to prepare their body. So maybe they have a history with birth control and they've mm -hmm. now, they now know, they know about the side effects and really what that's doing to their health. And they're like, well, I know I want to have babies in the future. And, or mm -hmm. maybe in a year from now, what can I do to set my body up for success? Like, mm -hmm. how do I write the ship? Because maybe I've got mm -hmm. nutrient depletions, maybe the signaling between my brain and my ovaries, like it's just not, it's not optimal. So what mm -hmm. are those preconception you know, boxes that you would say, these are the things that we need to prioritize. And how long does that take for, I mean, I'm sure it varies, mm -hmm. but what, what should somebody expect? Cause we don't talk at all about preconception care. It's just like, right. when you get pregnant, come in and see us, you know, mm -hmm. at 10 weeks or whatever, and we'll do an ultrasound. Like it's yeah. bizarre to me that we don't do anything up until that point. Yeah. There's, there's nothing out there. There's nothing out there for women until they get pregnant. And then potentially at the eight to 10 week mark, they're like, okay, now we'll see you. Mm -hmm. Um, so women are completely in the dark and that's such a good point. I would say, give your body at least a year, like at least a year, especially if you've been on birth control, maybe even longer. Um, there's a big myth out there that the second you get off birth control, you get pregnant. I mean, it may happen for some women, but it does not happen for most. So give yourself at least a year or two. If you've been on the pill to let your body and your brain kind of reconnect with your ovaries, um, and let your body reset itself, make sure you're really focusing on removing toxins in your environment. That's huge. So things like BPA and plastics and, um, any sort of toxin or chemical in your food supply. So glyphosate eating organic as much as possible, things like that are going to be a really big piece of your puzzle because we do know that chemicals can actually pass through the umbilical cord blood to your baby. So anything that you've been exposed to within nine to 12 months of pregnancy can actually be passed to your baby through the umbilical cord. Mm. So we need to be really aware of what we're putting in our body leading up to conception. Um, so toxins are a big piece of that. And then obviously getting your, your hormones in a healthy balance is really, really important getting your stress under control. And then the movement piece, which I don't think we've talked about this yet. Movement is so, so important. You want to make sure your body's physically ready. So just keeping your body active is going to be really, really important. Lifting weights, resistance training, that's a huge piece. 
but then also making sure you're prepared mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, Mm -hmm. making sure that you and your spouse are on the same page, making sure that, you know, your relationships are, are in a good place. Um, that's a really big piece of it because a lot of couples kind of go into fertility situations and they're not exactly on the same page. Mm -hmm. I can almost always tell when I see the outcomes that there is something going on. I have one couple that comes to mind. Um, I was working with them for almost a year and her hormones looked almost perfect. His semen analysis looked almost perfect. There was really no reason on paper why they weren't getting pregnant. And I was kind of scratching my head over this. I was like, I don't know what's going on. I, you know, this is an odd situation. This falls into my 1%. Uh, Well, it turns out that they ended up getting separated and they, you know, he was not emotionally in it. He wasn't emotionally there. And so that was a really unique situation where I was thinking she intuitively must have known that there was something off and that's why her body, you know, wasn't really progressing and getting pregnant the way it should have. So intuitively her body was being very wise and protecting her, I think from that, because he must've been emotionally disconnected. So that was just one situation where it's a prime example of you need to be on the same page with your partner. You need to be emotionally connected. You need to be emotionally ready together at the same page. I love when men kind of come into the visits with their women and with their wives, with their spouse, whatever it may be. And they're a part of the process because that's huge. But then a piece we haven't talked about is men are half the problem <laughs> with infertility. Yes. With infertility cases, it's 40% the man, 40% the woman, and 20% unknown. So it's literally 50% due to um, man. If you're looking at men versus women, it's half and half completely. So that's a big part of the puzzle too, is we need to make sure if you are out there and you're listening to this and you're struggling to get pregnant, make sure your male counterpart is being uh, thoroughly investigated as well. And it's not just you going through the process. Every single thing that I mentioned um, throughout this entire thing, your your male partner needs to be doing as well. With the diet, the stress piece, the movement piece, it's just as important for sperm quality um, as it is for egg quality and for conception that your male partner is equally as healthy. So that's a really big piece, I think, too, that we that we don't talk about a ton, which is how important that is. But you know, I've actually developed a program. And a chunk of our program is a men's fertility module where Mm -hmm. we educate the male on how they can support their body for optimal conception and for a healthy pregnancy for their partner and things like that. But through that program, I kind of walk people and give them a bird's eye view of what I'm doing in practice, walk them through each step of the preconception care phase and what they need to be doing at each step Mm -hmm. and what exact labs they need to run. I even give them a spreadsheet of the ideal values I want to see their labs at for pregnancy. And then we do talk about the spiritual roots of infertility. We talk about nutrition. We talk about movement and pelvic floor health and so many different aspects that go into the preconception care that I feel like is just not being talked about in the conventional fertility model at all, really. That's a good point. I, I you know, with, with male counterparts, uh, when they mm-hmm. say like when in the, the lady, um, when she's always focusing on herself and there could be some self-shame or self-guilt because mm-hmm. I'm not getting pregnant. Totally. And then um, in, in the office at times, you'll find like you ever seen like where a baby comes in, Doc, right? In, in court, you say like, oh, really? A male baby comes in their testicles when they're a baby, like got supremely red. They had mm-hmm. rashes when they're a baby. Oh, my kid. They'll say that. And they're like, what do you think this is, Doc? Like they'll ask me, here's a report. Mm-hmm. And they say, what happens to me? Like with fertility, this is just my thoughts, but it's like the testicles and the prostate are usually inflamed. Why do why do men have inflamed prostates when they get older? If you take a blood test on them or a heavy metals test, usually most of them have high amounts of heavy metal toxicity or mm. pesticide toxicity. Yes. In fact, and why do certain types of infections like the prostate? Mm-hmm. Why do they like to test these? Because it's full of mitochondria. It's full mm-hmm. of energy production. It's full of vitamins and minerals. So they go everywhere where the blood flows. So you have all these guys that have hidden mm-hmm. infections in their testicles and all around that area, and they go, oh, I, I have some warm urination sometime. I have discoloration in my urine. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes I get a little hydrocele, you know, different things like that. And then mm-hmm. you go, there are probably hidden infections. And then, in mm-hmm. my opinion, it's just like, if they transfer over to the female, does the female feel safe to actually accept what they're given? And I was like, mm-hmm. probably not many of the times. So yeah. I, I'm agreeing with you. Men should, yeah. they need to take part into cleaning themselves out. Totally. So that you have the best genetic material. I mean, in my opinion, I, and I think yeah, you, you look at a lot of, I will say this out of 10, 10 men, if you said the infertility come to the office, 
I would say almost eight out of all of them had really bad cases of strep. I'm not saying it causes infertility. Mm -hmm. I'm saying yep. they've had horrible strep or horrible staph. And somehow yeah. it never got treated and it was transferring through their body into their liver and it was going circulation in their blood. And so they've always had some kind of, you know, form of like genitalary issues and such. So yeah. infection clearing is probably one of the biggest things I would say is really important on the male part. So yeah, um, don't want to sound offensive to anybody, but I mean, it's something to check out. Like totally. Yeah. I mean, think about how many patients you see just walking around on a daily basis with infections. Oh, so many people are dealing with active all infections all the time. Um, and they just don't know about it. Cause sometimes when you have an infection, you don't always have a runny nose. You don't always have, you know, a headache or fatigue or a fever. We can have these low grade infections that are just traveling with us all the time. And strep is a really common one we see, like you mentioned, um, H pylori is another common one. Whatever's going on in the gut is it can absolutely be contributing to fertility. So I definitely think that evaluating the male is so, so important. And it is 50% of the DNA, you know, it's a really big portion of what's going into your future child. So we have seen that quite a bit is that, you know, especially men who work in specific industries that may be exposed to more chemicals than, than others. Um, always, I always say, do they work in factories or work on the yes, farm? I'm just saying, yes. I'm just going to let you know. Farm. Yes, exactly. Working on a farm where I even asked people, do you live near farm fields? Because even if you live can, near a factory, do you have yeah. it like in the ground? Definitely. Yes. 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 Absolutely. It's it's crazy. My husband grew up in a little farm town in Arkansas, and the amount, the rates of cancer there are insane. Liver cancer, pancreatic cancer, and there's just glyphosate everywhere, farm fields everywhere, just conventional crops everywhere. And it's in their water, it's in their air. It's, you know, it's it's wild the amount of things that happen. But imagine what that's also doing to fertility outcomes in those areas as well. Yeah. Pesticides. They've even shown, they've shown that certain pesticides mm -hmm. decrease sperm motility and actually totally. causes them to die. So I know it's a whole nother discussion, but in it, yeah. this has been so good. Yeah. I'm glad we went there though, because that is probably, I mean, it's, it's kind of just assumed if like you can't have a baby, then it's, mm -hmm. it's the female, like mm -hmm. there's totally. something wrong with your broken parts. And I think that bringing some awareness that like, it's not necessarily that simple. It's not about just, you know, one person and the hardware that they're made up with not performing or not working the way that it should. You've got two individual people that have mm -hmm. their own set of exposures, biology, history, all of these things that are contributing to their overall ability to be fertile and like be able to procreate. So that's really interesting. I'm curious to know too, what, are there anything, are there any strategies or supplements or nutrients or anything that you're mm -hmm. like across the board, every male should be doing this, like it to support their, their fertility, like females, we know, like mm -hmm. with prenatals and things like that, but are there any, is there anything specific to men that you're like, this would actually, we've seen this help improve fertility for men. I mean, I know there's a lot there, but just kind of curious if there's anything yeah. that you feel like is, is kind of a universal something that you would apply. Uh, I want to know what Chris has to say about this too. That we some things that we um, notice that work really, really well are oxidant support, and then also a really high quality prenatal or multivitamin for men is really, really important. Men kind of men think that they don't need to take a prenatal, but high quality prenatal can do wonders for a man. And then also fatty acids, so a really high quality omega or phospholipid complex of some kind um, is going to be really, really amazing. Um, and so we can keep it pretty simple with that. Um, but also the amazing thing, and if you're listening to this right now and you're struggling with infertility, the amazing thing about men, they're so, so lucky is they can totally turn over the quality of their sperm in 90 days. So whenever I'm talking to these new couples, I'm like, okay, just give me 90 days, even for, you know, the male counterpart, because they can drastically change the quality of their sperm in 90 days of diet changes, exercise changes, some quality supplements you know, not exposing their, um, their bodies and their male parts, obviously to EMF exposure. So not working with a laptop on their lap, you know, mm -hmm. not traveling, you know, and working with devices around their waist and things like that, if possible, not carrying their cell phone in their front pocket. You'd think these things are obvious, but men typically in, that are not in the health world, don't think about these things. Mm -hmm. Um, but those can make a huge impact on fertility, um, and just the quality of their sperm in general. So that's a little bit of what I have noticed, but Chris, I would love your insight on that too. 
I, I usually find that same doc. I think that if, okay. uh, if a person really has really good amounts of like a multi, like good B vitamins, uh, quality mm-hmm. B vitamins that work for them. And I always say like lots of good minerals, uh, yeah. you know, because the amount of heavy metals and pesticides and things that come in literally block your mineral absorption. So, mm-hmm. and like to me, whenever I increase like high amounts, more minerals, and sometimes I'll give like, you know, I mean, of course, like some herbals that will help clean out the infection, which is like a mm-hmm. lot of times, but you're right. Good quality multivitamin that works for you. Good amount of minerals mm-hmm. and I like good fats. And and I always say vitamins A, D, E, and K, if you need yep. those from your test, if you can get some good vitamin D in there to feed your sperm, I'm like the, the motility mm-hmm. rate, you're right, increases dramatically. But I'm like, I always say, give some minerals and uh, let's see what we can do with that. So, yeah. And, and I think that most of our culture though, and I don't say this. I'm not putting down men. I'm saying many men take many good supplements. Yeah. Majority in this situation, a lot of them, you'll find that they usually don't take nutrients. They're usually like, oh, you know, I just, you know, drink my water and, you know, and I eat and I'm pretty healthy. And it really has to be what they have to get uh, nutrient dense, basically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah. So true. These are so, this is so helpful. These are great tips. Um, And, you know, I think this conversation has illuminated some things that probably don't ever get addressed. So hopefully it's, you know, giving people hope first of all, because I mean, how discouraging is it to be sitting in some sterile OB's office and they're telling you like, okay, it's been three months or six months. I don't know what, what it is technically now that they say like, mm-hmm. what's you've been trying or a year mm-hmm. that now we classify you as infertile and and, you know, here's, here are your only options and your next steps. And really that's not the case. Like, a couple of months of getting the right pieces in place can make all the difference for you. Um, and I think that like, honestly, we should be doing this work regardless of fertility. Like these should be things that were, these are like foundational pieces to your health that if you really just want to experience longevity and long-term health outcomes, like these are the, these are the pieces of the puzzle. It's just that until we're ready to have, you know, something like be able to be able to have a baby that's when we start to see, well, look at all of the things that we've been towing the line on for so long unaddressed. So I'm glad that we, that we brought this up and talked about it. I want you to share with everybody your pregnancy prep Academy and Mm -hmm. all the places they can find you because you do an excellent job of educating women and men, um, on social media and the different platforms that you show up on. And guys, if you don't follow her, make sure you do. She's super entertaining, but she is also like so incredibly smart, intelligent, just like brings so much that's just practical. So if you're looking for like those pieces of the puzzle that you're like, I just, I don't understand this. Like she breaks it all down in a very simple way that for me is like, makes all the difference. Thank you. Um, you can totally find me on Instagram. That's where I live for the most part, um, at the PCOS doc, um, also PCOSdoc.com. And if you don't have PCOS, don't worry. <laughs> Uh, we can still help you. And there's a lot of valuable information that's not PCOS related as well. Um, but I do have um, a program called the Pregnancy Prep Academy. And that is the program that I've created for women in their preconception phase of any phase of life, really. You could mm-hmm. be 10 years away from conception or two. Um, and this program is going to be helpful for you. Um, and then I do also have um, a prenatal vitamin that I actually formulated myself years ago, a few years ago, um, that is different than any other prenatal on the market. For its key ingredient, which is choline, it's 900 milligrams of choline, which is so, so important for preconception health and for pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a huge void I've seen in the prenatal market industry. And that's definitely something you might want to check out if you are shopping for a prenatal. It's just a high quality prenatal. Um, and that can be found at PCOSDocshop.com. But otherwise, I think just follow me on Instagram and see what you can take away and implement some of these strategies. And I think it'll be really, really helpful. Yeah, this your supplement. So, guys, if you're listening, she has an incredible uh, prenatal, and I that was the one. I, as soon as I found out I was pregnant, I took her prenatal um, throughout my pregnancy. But she's got several other products that really align with female hormones and really that stress component too. You've got some products that really help the body Mm -hmm. modulate different stressors. So if that's something that you feel like is a big mountain, like that is a huge hurdle in your life right now is getting stress under control. Make sure you check that out and all of her resources. Her programs are awesome. She always has, she collaborates with like the best people in the space too, which I love. I feel like the practitioners doing the biggest work are always the ones that are linking arms with other practitioners that also have an incredible amount of experience. And so I think that that's something so, 
special about you and your mission and what you're about. And obviously like, we just have a great time hanging out because we're good friends, but yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you. Thank you guys. It's been so fun chatting. I love it. It's been fun. It's been fun and uh, glad to have you on here. And I mean, we learned a lot. I learned a lot. So I have a great time talking to you both. You guys just made my day just a little bit brighter. Very I know. Well, like right in this picture of the Zoom, you're like right in the middle. So it's like a little <laughs> sandwich because it's like Natalie and I are in pink and then Chris. Is I'm just in the middle right. of, 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 a, of a beautiful lady sandwich. That, that took that out. Yeah. Pink yeah. and we're pink and blonde. You're just sandwiched right in. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah, take that part. Nix that one. But, any, but, um, <laughs> but from all of us here at the Ancient Health Podcast, um, we just want to say thank you all. And guys, yes, if you have any infertility questions, hormone questions. Ask Dr. Natalie again, PCOS doc, and thanks. And we'll see you guys next time. Thanks, guys. Hey, Dr. Axe here. I want to say thank you so much for listening today. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to like and subscribe to the show so you don't miss a thing. Also, if you're in search of more natural health content, you can follow us at Health Institute on Instagram or subscribe to our newsletter using the link in the show notes below. Hey, thanks a lot and have a blessed week.